0: welcome
1: to the pop culture cosmos and
2: we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos thanks so much for watching this thing it's gerald glassford come right back at you here truly appreciate it if you can please support all the great things that we do out there in the pop culture cosmos universe including the pop culture cosmos whether it's on social media on facebook also, as well, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. You'll get the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week right there for you. So go ahead and support us today. Plus, also, as well, Game Source,
1: Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break. Go ahead and support those great causes today as well. My good friend, Melinda Barkhouse Ross, she does a ton of great
2: stuff, including, of course, the stuff that she's doing with Forbidden Lands on YouTube at Pop Culture Cosmos. Also, her upcoming season three along with her husband robbie ross go ahead and check out the vampires of vitae today on youtube as far as past seasons and upcoming later this week is season three of vampires of vitae so go ahead and support them indeed plus all the great things that we do here at the pop culture cosmos if you could support all of that it is sincerely
1: i appreciate I'll tell you what, we've got lots of things to talk about when concerning the video game world, because even though there's no E3, there's a lot of me three 2023 going out there as far as announcements and and trailers and gameplay features and all that stuff going on. So a lot of big announcements, especially in the Xbox world this time around on this episode, but here today to talk about that good man, indeed, you got to go ahead and check him out anytime he's here. Of course, at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it's TJ Johnson and TJ.
2: Glad to have you back
1: on the road once again.
0: Yeah, you know me. I I, I never stay in one place very long. I'm, I'm uh, Mister Always on the Move. I had to, to take that from my buddy. He used to call himself Mister Always on the Move. I am now Mister Always on the Move. Gerald, Mr. glad to be here, bud. thank you.
2: Oh, no worries. Always glad to have you here, my friend. I know you wanted to speak out. I know you've had a lot to say about (laughs) PlayStation, about Xbox. Before that, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this with the Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast, which just appeared this weekend at the box office with a $60 million domestic haul just narrowly defeating Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, which had a pretty good hold. In its second week, and has earned over $170 million at the box office worldwide for Transformers, which, again, I said was a very, very heavily influenced movie as far as the popularity of it outside of the United States. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. After the underwhelming numbers from the previous installments, Last Night and Bumblebee, which was a critical success, but unfortunately did not materialize that to dollars at the box office. Is the Transformers series back? And are we, in my case, unfortunately, but for a lot of people out there, fortunately, going to get more Transformers sometime soon.
0: You know, I think as long as Transformers continues to not take itself too seriously, and I think that was kind of the problem that we had with the Michael Bay Transformers of years past. They took themselves a little too seriously, trying to be something that they weren't. And, you know, let's just go and have some mindless fun. Tell a good story, but let's just have some fun. So to answer your question, uh, yeah, I think the Transformers might be around for a little while, especially after the uptick in this one versus the last one that have come out. And obviously Bumblebee as you mentioned was a a darling people did enjoy it, but it just didn't really monetize the way that they thought it would. So I would anticipate uh, Transformers being around for for at least a little while longer, man. It it doesn't seem like it's losing enough steam to not warrant it. I'm very shocked that they beat out Across the Spider-Verse because Across the Spider-Verse was incredible but you know, it is
2: what it is. You know, that's good news for everybody out there because it seems to have, again, a nice hold, but it just nearly got defeated here in the U.S., but still doing well across all parameters of the box office. So looking forward to that. And, of course, Transformers. Well, with Transformers, more than meets the eye there, pardon the pun, <laughs> that it actually will probably go ahead for Hasbro E1 and all the different variations of studios that incorporate the hasbro umbrella will still be a part of that going forward so it looks like that the transformer series is not dead under any estimation especially after the results this weekend from rise of the beasts
0: exactly yeah I, I it's not going anywhere man we're going to, have to just grin and bear brother grin and bear <laughs> uh, tell
2: me about it because again for me it is much very much of a grin and very much of a barrett indeed but <laughs> what are your thoughts out there on Transformers Rise of the Beast? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And also Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We'd love to hear your thoughts there as well. But when it came to Xbox and their showcase today, I really think that I saw some good things, but also a lot of things that I wanted to see were left out. And uh, I will go ahead first, TJ, and ask you this. Before we head to the first break of the show, Wanted to ask you your thoughts initially because we didn't get a chance to go ahead and, and tell our public thoughts on the PlayStation showcase a couple of weeks ago. Again, to me, underwhelming. To me, it showed that PlayStation doesn't have a lot of stuff that they want to really go ahead and showcase that's ready. The reliance on CGI has become the norm in this industry. It was really in high profile and detail, and unfortunately, it was just not for the best.
0: You know, I, I'd agree with everything you said, and. and- I don't think it's any secret to anybody listening to this show, my uh, my disdain for the PlayStation brand as of late. So mm-hmm. uh, my, 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 my glasses might be a little ruby tinted, uh, but the truth of the matter is, Gerald, you're absolutely right. There There's a heavy reliance on CG, and not just with Xbox, as you or not with the PlayStation, as you mentioned, but Xbox yeah. uh, as well. It's just in the industry. It's, it's something that we've always dealt with. It's always been one of those things that I, I wish we had less of than more. Mm-hmm but it's not ever gonna go away. But in saying all that, PlayStation has been taking some shots as of late. And from a PR standpoint, I believe from what I've read and what I've seen, that they're kind of looked at as whiny, complainers, always, you know, they, they're kind of like White Sox fans. And I apologize to, to, to the White Sox fans out there that are listening to you, pop culture calls, but I'm, I'm calling it like it is. White Sox fans, don't like Cubs fans Cubs fans don't care about White Sox fans they're there to have a good time PlayStation players for the most part seem to really dislike Xbox Xbox for the most part seems to really be yo. let's just play let's just play it's not that deep so in the spirit of that for PlayStation to be as aggressive as they have been in trying to block this merger and aggressive as they have been in trying to establish themselves as dominant uh, or to continue to put their foothold on their dominant position in the video game market space, if you will, their show was really, really weak. Um, They had one, they had a couple titles that were uh, exciting. Maybe you could call them exciting. I would call them more of like, okay, well, those are interesting titles. Um, obviously, they had Spider-Man 2, which we all expected, and I think they showed more than I was expecting them to of Spider-Man 2, to be yeah. fair. Um, I definitely didn't expect them to have the, the black suit reveal. Um, obviously, we knew it was probably gonna come, but I just, I wasn't expecting them to actually showcase it. Uh, so I thought that was actually pretty cool of PlayStation to do, but their, the excitement at the PlayStation showcase was very few and far in between, uh, unfortunately. Uh, they just did not seem to bring in enough of their big heroes didn't come out to play, and they didn't have enough of the little hitters to really make up the fact that the big hitters didn't come out to play, which is, I think, the key difference between the Sony PlayStation Conference and Microsoft's conference, which I know we'll get into a little bit later, I think that if you're not going to have the heavy hitters, which you, you you should, and they had one, they had Spider-Man, right, and they 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 obviously had Final Fantasy, so that's, you know, that that is what that is. But besides those two titles, there was really nothing else that made you say, I have got to have a PlayStation. And truth be told, Spider-Man looked pretty on par with Spider-Man and Miles Morales. And it didn't seem substantially different outside of your Black symbiote suit, and the, the inclusion of Venom and Kra- Craven the Hunter. It just didn't have the same wow factor that I was really kind of expecting. And I don't know if that's my expectations being higher, if that's my own fault or or not. but. I, you think of the PlayStation brand, and I—I I personally think of the single-player uh, stories that are just bombastic and immersive, and just just top top-notch. And I just didn't get that same sense of wonder, that same sense of I cannot wait till these games come out, that I usually would get with the PlayStation Showcase. And you know, they just might have things that they're not ready to show yet, and, and and it is what it is. I'd rather them not show it and instead of having a teaser for it and then not really having anything to go off of I rather them just not talk about it at all so i'm okay with that it was underwhelming as far as i'm concerned truthfully i do believe that the playstation as far as my grade for it i i said it was a c then uh, i think when you and i talked about it, i think i used c or you know lackluster i might even had have, have given it a d i think it was a c though i i feel like that cold water, um, especially after having seen the Microsoft showcase and Geoff Keighley's that showcase. It just really still didn't do it for me as much as I enjoy those games. It It just didn't really do it for me. Now, PlayStation just didn't, they just didn't bring it. And I feel like with all the PR hit that they're taking, they needed to bring it and they didn't. And Xbox needing to bring some heat, they brought more Granted, not as much as I would have wanted them to bring, but they definitely brought more they needed to because they were definitely behind.
2: I think I agree with you on the PlayStation platform as far as their presentation that you talked about. Yeah. The thing is, though, when you talk about Jeff Keeley's summer gaming, there were some great things that we saw from there, from Street Fighter VI as far as extra stuff there. Also as well, you saw Tekken 8, you saw... Mortal Kombat 1. You saw some other great things as well, including more gameplay looks for Final Fantasy and also as well for Spider-Man 2, which I thought was interesting as well. I was more impressed with Spider-Man 2 coming off the Jeff Keighley Summer Games Fest than I was uh, with the PlayStation part of it, but but then we got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth announced and all that. But mm-hmm. Just a variation of things that I think that Jeff Keighley can go to as far as uh, not being ha- you know, aligned with one or the other. So I think that gave him advantage of bringing out a lot of things that did surprise us. Nothing overwhelmed us, but the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I guess, uh, seemingly got a lot of people interested. I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan. My issues with Final Fantasy aside, I know how much appreciated and loved it is, and I do respect mm-hmm. that immensely as far as the love people have for Final Fantasy. So I'm I'm happy for those that are seeing, even though there's a Final Fantasy 7 remake already out, that there's a Final, a final Fantasy 7 rebirth. You know, I thought that <laughs> Jeff Keighley's summer of gaming was overall, had a lot to present. So that brings us now, we're going to touch on extensively the <laughs> Xbox Game Showcase, because I thought, you and I would need that time to go back and forth with some things that we liked, some mm-hmm. things that we didn't like, some things Fable. that we saw, and some things that we didn't see on, <laughs> on this Xbox Game <laughs> Showcase. Yes, Here's there's a few. a few indeed, man. But, but I will tell you, my friend, that it all started off with something a lot of people have been really, really, really looking forward to is that playground yeah. games. What would the reimagining of Fable look like? So I want to hear your thoughts on this. They showcased it off as far as a, in a way that The Office slash Abbott Elementary style of, of mockumentary mm-hmm. uh, from the perspective of either a giant or he could be a normal sized person interacting with a, a smaller, much smaller individual in this. Or the smaller individual that was also uh, serving as a narrator part of the time in her world. Uh, you know, it just it didn't show you anything as far as gameplay in reality. But you know what you saw again, another CGI trailer. The tongue-in-cheek humor, I will give it that. The look, that's fine. I'm just glad to see that there is a fable now realized for fans out there.
0: You know, I'd agree with you, uh, Joe. I, and I, I, before we get started, I see that you just meticulously omitted the the metaverse showcase that they had as well. You know, Meta yes. had a showcase too, Gerald. I just yes. I, I feel like I feel like you just you just
1: there was an indie game showcase
2: <laughs> and then there's there was another there's show... too many showcases. There's too many too showcases many. on that. a uh, Devolver digital had a showcase. Meta Ruby still has,
0: it. coming.
2: yeah, exactly, and they uh, don't. Let's not forget the Apple showcase, which I touched on oh, on Friday man. with a thirty-five hundred dollar headset, which I know you're just running out to the stores to pre-order right
0: now. You better know it. You better know it. I yeah, absolutely. I got, I got it. I got the money burning a hole in my pocket right now, Jero. Exactly. Yeah. So give <laughs> me anyway. this
2: metaverse uh, stuff like that. Meta- okay. We it's funny because I mentioned it on for Friday show that okay. Proud to announce the the Meta Quest 3. And two weeks later, <laughs> Apple goes ahead and drops a VR that's like 10 times the price. And, you know, you're yeah. supposed to do then, like yeah. walk on water, you can now after that. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like, you know, change the evolution Jesus. of humankind. <laughs> exactly. So
0: that's crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, just to touch on that real quick before we go into the Xbox one, um, I, I think it's absolutely insane that Apple can be so. So, Sony like arrogant, yeah, just arrogant and, and thinking that you know what, my headset is gonna be 10 times the cost of, excuse me. And we're not gonna get people to buy it, but I'm gonna release it anyway because it's it's Apple, and so they're gonna buy it because I put it out there because that's what Apple people do. Apple buys, you know, Apple. they're gonna line up for it. Of all, course the, they are, uh, and it's all the Wall
2: Street execs and you know, individuals Can you who have never. Yeah.
0: Oh, can you imagine transportation and just seeing everybody in that stupid headset? Like uh, that would drive me nuts. It would drive me nuts. Watching, like, if you if you take a train to work and see everybody on their headset, you know, doing whatever business task. Like, we're we're getting closer, man. It's 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 getting closer to blending technology and everyday to augmented reality. It's 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 coming, Gerald. Judgment day is coming.
2: Uh, I get that, my friend, but (laughs) it's still at $3,500, it's a way off. Not today, not today. It might be coming, but not today, not today. today. (laughs) You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Alright, so as far as the Xbox and Fable we as you as we were talking to before we had on our, our tangent I enjoyed the, the trailer again, you, like we talked about before, trailers are trailers and I would like to see gameplay more prevalent in a lot of these shows but the truth of the matter is, it's easier to show a trailer. It costs, you know, it, it's, it's easier for them, especially if they want to still polish up things. They don't commit to a certain feature right off the bat and then have to turn around and X the feature out later. It is what it is. I wish that they wouldn't have teased it so heavily. There were a couple of tweets that came out prior to the game, uh, to this, to this show where they teased Fable and I really would have rather this had been a complete surprise because I think it had the potential to blow the roof off of a lot of people's expectations on what this show was going to be. uh, If they would have just let that one kind of be a surprise. I mean, they, they wanted to garner some type of excitement and and I, I, I would think that they did. Um, but we also know that the the eyes were on Microsoft already, so it was already important that they came out the gate hard. And I feel like had this been a, left a surprise, it would have made a bigger impact than it was heavily teased, uh, heavily tweeted that there was something coming. And they showed a the little sparkle trail, which we all, uh, you know, we put two and two together immediately and got fable. So, yeah, I would have been more excited had it not been announced or uh, hinted at prior to. But uh, I'm, I'm okay with the with with them talking about it. My concern is now, how far in development are we? How, uh, how much is going to need to change and we've been talking about a fable for years and years and years and years and years and, you know, now we finally get an official confirmation that it is in development, but how far are we going to continue to wait? How long am I going to have to keep holding on to fable three? When am I going to be able to do this, you know, so excited about fable? Yes, but I think that was a great way to start this show. Just kind of a, a, a quick right hook right out the gate and we're here. We're ready to fight. And I think Microsoft needed that. Microsoft needed to come out the gate strong and show that we're, we're in this fight. We're not going to just lie down and take it. I wish there would have been more bombastic, like, you know, literally taking shots at PlayStation, but that's just me, you know, being petty. So please forgive me.
2: <laughs> oh, no worries, my friend. No worries. <laughs>
1: My friend, when it
2: comes to another big game that was uh, showcased as far as in a little bit more detailed was something that was shown a few years back as far as that I really, really was looking forward to. And that's from the folks at Obsidian. And at the time, it seemed to me that this was going to be one of the higher upper echelon premier showcase games for the future at the time. Flash forward. To today and they put it somewhere in the middle and it's now a, a little bit different what it represented and as far as the gameplay story what have you it, it had a different beat it had a different style than what i saw before because it it was looking more back a few years ago, more like a, uh, I guess, like, you know, their their brethren that they've actually worked on games with before with Bethesda. It looked like more mm-hmm. like an Elder Scrolls type game, mm-hmm. a magical, per se, a, a mythic adventure that I think I was really getting into. And then now it looked more like an offshoot of Sea of Thieves. Uh, and I think that it still has appeal to me. Uh, And it's still probably going to be some type of mythic adventure, but it looked completely different than what I was expecting from Avowed.
0: I have to admit that I I wasn't familiar with Avowed as as much as you might have been. I I did not. Well, there was just only one speech.
2: Yeah, there was only one CG trailer. that was, uh, Actually, okay. I'm sorry. It's oh. a CG trailer with some slight gameplay exploration that they showed the first time, if memory serves. Gotcha.
0: Right. All right. And then I guess they were. it's being compared to Skyrim. At, know, that time. at that have, time. Because I don't right, have at the time in 2021 or, or whenever that happened. So uh, to be fair, because I didn't have those expectations that you might have had, um, I didn't quite see it that way. It looked like something else that was going to be a nice um, open adventure. Um, in a land of open adventures that is gonna be pretty much what the Xbox is gonna be known for moving forward, it seems like. It looked fine to me. Uh, I didn't feel like it was something to get overly excited about. I am an Obsidian fan, so I am looking forward to it from that aspect. And I think that they've garnered enough goodwill as far as I'm concerned, that I'm willing to take a chance on whatever their next project is. Um, But I was not blown away, but I also wasn't taken aback by it either if that makes sense because i didn't this one this one slipped my radar so i didn't even know about this game a few years ago so seeing the trailer today it looked like it'd be interesting but uh i didn't have those lofty expectations so
2: well the thing is though with with obsidian they seem like mm-hmm. a, a team that makes pretty darn good games uh, mm-hmm. their latest games that they've made over the course of the past few years has really been good really been well received yep. They really got a lot of uh, good things going forward as far as what they've done from fallout new vegas to yep. neverwinter nights dungeon siege star wars Knights of the old republic they worked on they worked on a lot of uh, different uh, things over the course of the years that they worked on and it just seems to me like they're a studio, The Outer Worlds, which got a lot of interest at the yes, time it came did. out. Yeah. yeah, and the only thing is, though, with The Outer Worlds and, and uh, you know, when it comes to what they did and Pentiment, which was actually a under-the-radar game that actually got really high scores and critical acclaim as far as a small release that they put out last year, I really think that they are not as appreciated by the gaming public and by Microsoft as much as they should be. I think they're a AAA developer that, in often ways, is presented as a double A entity.
0: I, I would not disagree with that in any stretch. I would say that I think that we have to be very careful because with developers, right? We 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 can start to have these lofty expectations of a AAA type, you know, development team in Obsidian. Mm-hmm. And while it's okay to have those expectations, the reality can sometimes be further. The the well, reality I, can kind of sometimes be stranger than fiction, right?
2: I mean, they've got a lot of time. pillars of eternity, South Park, yes, The Stick of Truth, on sure. New Vegas. Uh,
0: let's sure. just let's
2: skip over Alpha Protocol, even though there's always a warm uh, <laughs> spot. I was going to mention
0: that a warm I was spot of Alpha Protocol.
2: <laughs> well, it's got a warm spot in my heart, is because what they were trying to do was really yeah. kind of fun. The yeah. problem is the execution wasn't so great. Yeah, it just wasn't I, there. Wasn't I love there. the concept. Actually, it's one yeah. of the best concept games I've I've thought about in in the past twenty years. But yeah. when it comes to what we're seeing now, I think Avowed. It was presented to me as just another game in this showcase. I have a feeling mm. if it, it if they give it enough love at Microsoft, it could be something that they could build a cornerstone around.
0: And and you might not be wrong. I think that what I was what I was alluding to is that it's important that sometimes we allow developers to kind of forge their own path. And I don't know how much Microsoft, how much Microsoft puts their hand on this stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I've noticed sometimes we want Microsoft to be a bit more aggressive with their um, desires in regards to some of these releases. Microsoft may just kind of let the studio be who the studio is, and if the studio wants to kind of toe that line between double AA, A, triple A development. Um, then that's something they that can do because there's a safe ground there. If you start getting too heavy in AAA development and you start inputting a whole lot of money and a whole lot more resources, and God forbid the game bombs, now that's a much bigger blow than if you're kind of a middle of the road. Something like that that you know you just want to you just want to get by. And I don't know the inner workings of Microsoft and how they handle their studios. And like I said, if they are overly aggressive with them or if they're Under aggressive with them, whatever the case may be, they may be more of a, you know, let's let the studios be who they are and we're not going to push unless we really feel the need to push. Um, So they might just be comfortable letting them be a double-A slash triple-A development team um, and kind of come in under the radar that way.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, though, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, You know, it's kind of different now, but definitely Mm -hmm. still looking forward to uh, Avowed. I think that was the other one of the other main showcase games that I thought needed some love. The way it was kind of buried in the middle there, I kind of you know, not exactly thrilled with. But I will tell you what, still, I think it's going to get some really uh, great love when it's supposed to come out in 2024. Your thoughts though on the games that had DLC come out? Because obviously, you know, these, these PlayStation and showcases, the Nintendo showcases, and Xbox showcases. They don't always show new games the entire way through. They lean heavily uh, as far as a backbone of it on existing games and their DLC that they're bringing to there. So I think what we saw with games that had rocky releases or are not thought of in the highest of lights as far as Cyberpunk 2077 and Fallout 76, both coming out with DLC here in the not too distant future. Also, as well, Elder Scrolls Online—that's coming out with DLC. That's pre- that's also came out as far as with some new DLC that they're bringing out in the not too distant future as well. Your thoughts on all three of those uh, DLCs? This is something again. When you see it, could it change? If could they be done so well, change the perception of any of those games? And see if these as well. See if these. Also yeah. has some DLC expansion with Curse of Monkey Island. Yep. That's going to be something Microsoft that's Flight
0: Simulator. Yeah, yeah
2: Microsoft. Actually, was that show? Was that Microsoft? That's that a new Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020? Oh, the, I could. The
0: yeah. The Dune portion was. Yeah. was The expansion.
2: Yeah. yeah. The Dune expansion. Yeah, that's coming yes. up. Yeah, they're also coming out with a full. Yes, they are. Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 for where you too can go ahead and be an air ambulance, which I know is something you were dying to go ahead and do in Flight Simulator. (laughs) But regardless of my joke, the Flight Simulator games looks outstanding. Uh, The last one got a 10 on IGN. But yes, you're right. Dune uh, with their DLC coming out later this year in coincide with the movie. But I want to hear your thoughts on my friend Mm -hmm. on these games that they showcase that are already existing in some cases, some have done well some have done not so well as in the public eye we all know the debacle of 2077 you know 10 million plus sold in the first few days but the problems they're in as far as it had fallout 76 the backlash it had originally you know these games are now looking to still build upon with dlc that they announced today at the xbox game showcase
0: yeah, absolutely, and you know, to use a specific example like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you know, the the world that was promised to us was not completely delivered upon, and I think, think? CD Projekt, <laughs> and I think CD Projekt Red, in understanding that, knows us that okay, we kind of dropped the ball on that, um, even though it had been in gestation for ten years. You know, we we, we dropped the ball on that release, and and, and that's on us. So, I think. I'm tepid excited about Phantom Liberty, and, and here's why. One, I'm a huge Idris Elba fan, so let's start off with that. Uh, Great he's actor. A brilliant, brilliant actor. Anything that has Idris Elba in it, I'm all for.
2: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials?
0: I absolutely 100% enjoyed my time at Liberty in Liberty and in Night City. When it came out, I was already playing it on the Series X. So this was before it was optimized for Series X. This was still it was technically an Xbox One title. But I truly enjoyed my time in Night City. I loved the story. The gameplay, because I was using the Series X, was smooth as far as I'm concerned. So I didn't have the experience that a lot of people had because a lot of people had not already jumped to Series X and they were still using the One X and still using the Xbox One generation of consoles. So their experience was, was completely different than my experience. So I'm excited personally to jump back into Night City. I'm excited to jump back into the shoes of V and deal with Johnny Silverhand and that entire world and this potential promise of of, of a cure for his ailment and, and if it really can't happen and if it can't happen... Obviously, we know that the way the, the main storyline ends, but this kind of gives you a potential different storyline, and I'm really more interested to see exactly how expansive this expansion is, and if it really does warrant. because I know this is a this is a, a paid expansion. This is not one that's given for free, which CD Projekt Red is, is really good at doing for the most part. This is actually a, a paid expansion, so I'm curious, and I think that'll kind of be my real determining factor to see exactly how much more expanding it does how big this next se- section of of night city that they hadn't released is and how immersive it makes the entire game because then once that expansion is released now you're looking at the the totality of cd project red cyberpunk 2077 and then you take the main storyline with the expansion and you'll see how that meshes the main game with the expansion to tell the full story And then it gives you a better picture of what Cyberpunk 2077 was probably trying to do. So I have excitement for it, uh, but obviously we will see. Now, as far as the other expansions, the Dune expansion to Microsoft Flight Simulator that we were alluding to earlier, that doesn't really do it for me because I've already had my phone with Flight Simulator. So I'm not as excited about it. It's always kind of cool to see those vehicles, those iconic vehicles that you see from those shows. Like they had the Warthog and they had the the Banshee and some of those other items or some of those other vehicles that you get to experience in some games, but you don't really get to experience it in that way and to see it kind of crossover and the potential in that, I think is really cool. So yes, I think it will be fun to try it out, but ultimately it's not going to, it's not going to be something that if I'm, if you're not into flight simulator, you're not really going to care. You well, know, What and, about and the I...
2: heading back to uh, Atlantic city in fall 76?
0: Yeah, the same thing. It's the same cost Fall follow 76 because of it being a Bethesda t- or being a, a title that we know is is known to be glitchy. You know, it's 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 a Bethesda thing. You're either going to again be excited to jump back into that or you're not. I just my concern when they start making these expansions part of their showcase is that if you already have a, a crowd or if you already have a a target-based audience that has lost interest and has already kind of written off the game, you're pouring a lot of resources into trying to get people to come back to a game that they've already written off, and it may not pay out. So that's that, that's that's typically my overarching concern for when they start doing these expansions and making them a big part of their showcase, is because if people have already tuned out and they just don't have a desire to go back to it, now you're putting a lot of resources into reviving or breathing a little more life into a game that is already dead. And I'm looking at games like Marvel's Avengers that they, they kept trying to breathe life into that was already flatlined, buried, uh, had daisies growing up over the grave, I'm trying to put stuff into it. So expansions, for the most part, I'm I'm kind of iffy on. I, I am excited for Cyberpunk 2077, but it also my experience with it was different than everybody else's. But other than that, I typically tend to have very, very lukewarm receptions to expansions, especially big announcements of expansions like this, because... That's a lot of resources that could be going to something else and if the games don't pan out and if it still doesn't bring in the the target numbers of players that you were looking for then as far as i'm concerned, it's kind of a bust
2: I want to go ahead and ask you real quick on some things that were also covered in the game showcase from a third party standpoint and yes because the Star Wars IP is now opened up to seemingly everyone and that's actually a, a true thing because EA no longer has the uh, guideline and the byline on it Ubisoft is did announce that is coming next year is Star Wars Outlaws taking place in the underworld between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi your thoughts on this my friend Again, with Ubisoft, I don't have the highest hopes these days because, of course, uh, they're a company that I was so much uh, infatuated with a decade ago, but after failure, after failure, after failure, after regurgitating Assassin's Creed, after Assassin's Creed, after Assassin's Creed, and not finding a whole lot else outside of Rainbow Six Siege, they're... I as my daughters would tell me, don't forget just dance. I won't forget just dance. Uh, just got twenty twenty three for them. So I want to hear your thoughts on Star Wars Outlaws.
0: You know, I, I kind of in a very very similar thought process to you uh, in regards to Ubisoft and their problematic formula of storytelling, if you will. I, I Star Wars is a very endearing brand to me. Um, I've always just been enamored with the thought of a, a galaxy. Far, far away, a long, long time ago, in the galaxy far, far away. Um, I've always just been enamored with that whole mystic, that, that just, just Star Wars in, in general. So, I can see this one, this title being something that I'd be interested in playing for the sole fact that I'm a huge fan of Rogue One. Um, that is by far um, not my. It's not actually. It is. It's it's it's, it's my favorite of the Star Wars films. And the reason it's my favorite of Star Wars films is because it, it helps you remember that this is so much more than Jedi, Sith, force, lightsabers, epic battles across volcanic eruptions. Like it was so much more to Star Wars that there are other people that are involved. There's other things that are happening story-wise that we don't get to hear about with people that don't have mystic abilities and are not force wielders and things of that nature. There's other stories there. And I think what Star Wars has been doing as of late, as a brand, is is exploring those areas. You know, with the Rebel series, and you know, again with Rogue One, and then um, uh, with the with the Disney Plus series that's been coming that's that's been out. So I said that to say I'm interested in this one because again it takes place in between Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi. So it takes place between those two films. Yes, and. You're not this force-wielding person. I, I wish that we'd have seen some gameplay. I do. I wish we'd have seen gameplay because, again, it's Ubisoft, you know. And I don't want to be playing Assassin's Star Wars Creed. And Good luck uh, because concern... <laughs> you just might be, might be doing just that. And that's my concern. Um, I don't want to play that. Um, because I, I've just, we've just done that formula to death and as yeah. exciting and groundbreaking as it was, you know, 15 years ago, yeah, it's, it's, it's time for something of a change. So I'm interested to see, I'm not going to write this game off. I'm not going to get super excited other than the fact that it's a Star Wars title. And I just love Star Wars, but I'm also not going to write the game off because it's an Ubisoft title because at one point they captured lightning in the bottle um mm-hmm. they might have the potential to do it again and with the right branding with the right uh subject obviously in star wars here they could be onto something and uh, it, it could be something fun but it's raised my excitement but not by much like if my excitement was a six then it's like a 6.5 like it hasn't done much to to bring me that much more excited for it so I, i'm still gonna look i'm still gonna keep a, a, a an eye on it but I'm not like, I have to play it. It wasn't like my Star Wars Jedi survivor experience. It was not like that at all.
2: <laughs> so I'll quickly run over a couple more of the third-party entries okay. in the mix. Uh, Capcom reveals Path of the Goddess. Uh, mm-hmm. Yakuza, like a dragon, infinite wealth for next year. <laughs> That's always, that had a sense of humor, and I like yeah, that it. Yeah, as was a of it. trailer. I like yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The Persona. Universe was represented with Persona 5 Tactica and also Persona 3 Reload. Though Both those games were officially part of the showcase from Sega Atlas. Payday 3 also was given a release date and also that as far as the game showcase as well. So some interesting third-party mixes there. I know that uh, when it comes to some of the other things that were announced, that before we get into the two last really topics I want to talk about, Elder Scrolls Online, Necrom, that was obviously a new adventure that's waiting for everybody out there. Jassant, which looks like it's going to take one part of the Uncharted gameplay, the climbing part of it, and it's going to be a predominantly climbing game that's coming out. City Skyline 2, I know that's coming out as well. Dungeons of Hinterburg, that's coming out in 2024. Still wakes the deep got a short CGI trailer. So we'll see what that does as far as a possibly a horror game based on an oil rig. It looks like from what I was thinking yeah, like, uh, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Tower born, which was another game that was shown off as well. So some interesting things were shown off. I truly mm-hmm. appreciate some of the things that were there. I, I really liked though, the, the 33 player co-op game that I, I was really interested to see, uh, you know, that, Aspect of it, a 33 player co op game with 33 Immortals mm. concepts. So it was mm. kind of interesting to see that kind of like a little bit of like a cute version of Diablo with 33, right? Yeah, you know, your That's friends out there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So those games, for better or for worse, we're, were looking for, you know, as far as a part of it. Then in the exile, introduced Clockwork Revolution. Forza Motorsport is the big one coming this October. Obviously, that's the backbone of, of Xbox at this point in time. But the yes, two games is, I wanted yeah. to go ahead before we head an out. First off, Hellblade 2. Your thoughts <laughs> on that? Again, showcased uh, a lot of things as far as the graphics are concerned, as far as the detail. Not much in the gameplay realm. But again, with with Hellblade 2, you're really looking at the at the graphics first on that so
0: you are it's it what hellblade it was an experience you know let's be really clear well the gameplay was fine it was done by ninja theory who we know knows how to make a good game granted you know the their dmc re, reboot didn't shock the world it didn't do anything that that warranted a sequel unfortunately as much mm-hmm. as i enjoyed it it didn't it didn't warrant a sequel but they know how to make a good action game. They know how to, they know good gun, sword play. They know a great parrying system. So they're, they're, that, that part's pretty self-explanatory, right? We know what to expect with them. I think where my excitement with Hellblade, uh, with, with Senua 2, is just getting back into that that world. You know, it was such an auditory experience playing that game on a set of headphones or on a really good surround sound system hearing the the different voices from the different sides and as you slip further and further into into your 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 illness if you will um it was just a very auditory experience that you hadn't had before right so i think well as i've become as i've aged as a gamer as i've matured as a gamer excuse me it's not so much about this is such a great game it's about what the game makes you feel you know, because when it's all said and done and you forget how to press the buttons or you forget, you know, which move does what, you won't forget how the game made you feel when you played it. You won't forget the the emotional connection. You won't forget the emotional responses that you had to certain games. I haven't played the the, the Walking Dead Telltale game, the season one. I haven't played that game in, in 10 years. But I can tell you definitively how that game made me feel when we had to decide to either leave Lee leave or kill him. I can tell you how it made me feel. With a game like Hellblade or with a game like Senua 2, I'm excited for the experience. The gameplay is gonna be what the gameplay is, but the experience is what I'm looking forward to the most. And getting back into that world and and getting back into that feeling of being Senua, um, that's what I'm most looking forward to in regards to it. So I'm fired up about it. I I, I, can't, uh, I can't speak highly enough about my experience playing the first one. And so I'm ex- definitely looking forward to the second one. Graphics are incredible. Incredible. Um, which is what I've been expecting from the series. At Microsoft, this is what I've been expecting from you guys. It shouldn't have took this long. I'm so glad we're here. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is showcasing what the xbox can do this is showcasing what this generation of gaming should be and they're finally utilizing their system the way playstation has been utilizing the system since day one so thank you microsoft for showing up let's keep the party going let's keep the let's keep the momentum going guys
1: or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Do you want to
2: touch on Compulsion Games South of Midnight? Actually, it came up right after Fable, so I want to go ahead and mention that. That's coming out. Uh, it just had a CGI trailer, so it's probably not coming yeah. out anytime soon. What was missed, in my opinion, uh, I know that (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna give Stalker 2 a pass. Stalker 2 because the creators and developers of this game are actually in Ukraine and they're kind of undergoing a little bit of uh, things going going on on right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's give them a a pass on that. Let's give them, uh, you know, as they whenever they bring it out it's whenever they bring it out. State of Decay 3. I know that a lot of people were looking forward to that. Unfortunately, didn't get a chance after they already announced that some years back. They Unfortunately, didn't showcase anything there. No Gear Six and no add ons or anything else from Halo Infinite, which almost sounds like they've already given up on Halo Infinite as far as building on that world. Your thoughts before we get on to Starfield and an overall grade?
0: I don't think they've given up on it. I just think that they recognize that it's got to be more than just those 10 pole titles. This is what Sony didn't do as well. And this is what we were talking about earlier. So if you're not going to have the showcase titles, The big things that everybody's expecting to see, like you mentioned, the Gears 6, the Stalker 2, which again, we talked about why we're not seeing much of it. So we're we're giving it a pass, but these are the titles that we're, we're expecting to see. We're expecting to see more Halo. We're expecting to see more Gears of War. And if you don't have that, you've got to bring it with everything else. And I think that Microsoft did a good job in saying, okay, you know, I've got a one big hit for you and that's going to be Fable. I've got another big hit for you that's going to be Senua 2. You know, I've got some big hitters coming, but in the middle of having those big hitters, I've got a lot of other things I'm working on that would help garner some excitement to say, okay, we're finally starting to see some payoff on these acquisitions because we already had Gears, we already had State of the K3, like those are already ours. Well, all of this acquisition talk, all of these things that we've been acquiring, we have yet to see any payoff of, we have yet to see any benefits reaped so let's start seeing some forward progress and now with this last show they finally started to show some stuff now yes i absolutely love state of decay i love the first one i love the second one i can't wait for the third one but i'm okay because they're still showing progress in other areas the state of decay is not an xbox seller and it's not going to be this game that draws a 100 people into xbox that haven't played xbox before it's just not gears of war might be one of those titles that can cause people to come over to xbox but state of the case is not going to do it so if you're not going to show all those titles you better be bringing it elsewhere and i feel like that's what microsoft did that playstation did not
2: so my friend it all comes down to a game that is supposed to move consoles uh despite yes. what phil spencer said earlier <laughs> in a couple mu- you know a month back after all the troubles there but This is called Starfield. Starfield uh, from Bethesda had its own showcase. Plus, ironically, when they played a small story trailer during the press conference itself, there was some glitches on my feed. So I don't know if that's representative of a typical Bethesda type (laughs) thing that was there. But, you know, they did present that and it kind of like glitched out for a second there or two. And I think a lot of people in the chat were just saying the same thing. But when it comes to Starfield, again, for you know, I'm gonna dismiss the typical Bethesda character models, which to me still like something antiquated out of 2006 with Oblivion. Still look have a lot of similarities to that, and I don't think that's a good thing. The gameplay and the things that you can do as far as the exploration through space and over a thousand planets, uh, it is something I was hoping with the No Man's Sky, I may be getting that with Starfield.
0: Yeah, and I see that's that's kind of how I felt watching some of Starfield. I'm like, okay, so this is what this is what Helio Games and No Man's Sky was trying to do, mm-hmm. right? And I think the benefit of Starfield having No Man's Sky first was, okay, this is what I really liked about No Man's Sky. I enjoyed the mining. I enjoyed the feeling of being. I enjoyed the feeling of being a uh, uh, kind of isolated, but exploring and having the freedom to explore at my leisure or the way i want to explore um and i think obviously they recognize that there was a little bit of lack of a of a of a coherent story or some combat so they were able to add their bethesda flair to it uh i'm looking forward to it i i'm more excited today than i was you know six months ago or the last time starfield was talked about i'm i'm substantially more excited because the game it's finally starting to feel like a fleshed out, thought out game, as opposed to, again, we were burned with No Man's Sky. And granted, Helio Games did a, a fantastic job turning it around. Fantastic job turning it around. And it's a completely different game than what it released as. But it doesn't change the fact that that initial release was not what people were expecting. So now that we can finally see what Starfield is looking to be and experience some of the gameplay and actually see it kind of from the ground up. I'm much more excited for Starfield. And it's one of those things where it's on Game Pass day one, but I will be buying a copy. I will be buying a copy, um, an actual legit copy, because I'm that excited about playing this game. And I, it's very sudden that I get excited about playing a game like that, uh, other than Star Wars. Uh, but for this game, I'm excited to play it. I'm excited to get into that world. I'm excited to be able to live out you know, these, these grandiose, ideas of wanting to explore and chart worlds and galaxies far, far away and take all these aspects of different games, the mining from No Man's Sky, the the scanning of planets from like Mass Effect, the the gunplay, the, the Bethesda uh, Skyrim type exploration where you're picking up everything and everything has a story and this entire world building that they're doing. Um, it shows the heart and soul that they're pouring into it. And Quite frankly, I, I I get why it's taken so long to come out because you look at how much heart and soul and how much they they put into a game like Skyrim. That everything has a story. There's not one thing there that doesn't seem to have some type of text dialogue to go with it that it hasn't been written. Like that's a long process that they went through. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I can't wait to get out there and explore, and uh, shoot up some stuff and and have a good time doing it. Especially because. This is a P- Xbox exclusive, so PlayStation. Sorry, guys. I know, I know how you feel, and I, I trust me, it hurts. But how often do we get to say that? You know, you guys have Spider Man and Ghost of Tsushima, and you know all these other titles. We have Starfield, and Xbox players are going to live it up.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what, my friend, uh, it is something that Xbox is going to lead heavily on in the coming days and weeks. You know, the uh, Starfield controller was announced and the Starfield collector's edition was announced (laughs) with the brilliant looking case and uh, the watch and all that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Starfield the game will do again. Character models aside, I think the game is just right. going to look, be fantastic. I, I, they just cannot get rid of it. They just cannot no,
0: they leave can't. the Bethesda,
2: Fallout, Elder Scrolls, character models from 2006. Oh, they just they cannot can't. leave that away. But it's part of the
0: charm. It's part of, their tar- it's part of the charm. If
2: you say know? so. If you say so. It's never been the charm for me. It's about exploration and the, and the stories and the things that I could do within the confines of the game that has yeah. appealed to me when it concerns a good uh, you know a good Bethesda game but yeah I mean there are other parts of Bethesda studios that make character models way better than this but again I again outside of that the exploration and what you can do I'm going to be heavily invested when I get it on games yes. pass and I'm looking forward to going ahead and being a part of that universe come September 6th but Overall, we got a chance to check out quite a bit of what Xbox has to offer. Didn't give us everything. My grade,
1: I think we gave Jeff Keeley Summer Gaming about a B, B+, and I think that's probably where I'd stick it with, with Xbox. You might want to go a little higher. Uh, Xbox Superfans might want to go a little bit higher, but I think for what we saw, what we didn't see,
2: and overall what is come, coming up for the future, I definitely think that they won up PlayStation I still think they could have done more, but what we got was pretty good. I'm gonna give it about a B B plus as well.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that I'm actually gonna give Geoff Show a B and I'm gonna give Xbox a B plus. And I think it's just and I, I think you, you can really you, you're splitting the hairs at this point. Mm-hmm. Granted you, you, we're talking about a B plus versus a B. I think if I had to rank them it would definitely be C PlayStation by far, right? That's not even mm-hmm. not even debatable. So PlayStation is a C. I think I'd give Jeff Keighley a B and I'd give Microsoft a B plus just because mm-hmm. I feel like Microsoft Jeff Keighley, his show they didn't really have anything to lose, right? I'm yeah. I'm the middle child, so I'm 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 in the middle. I'm the I'm the middle man. So I get I get a little bit of you, I get a little bit of you. There's really no losing with mm-hmm. his show. But with Microsoft's show, with Microsoft's showcase, this is a critical time for Microsoft. And they really needed to bring it. And while they didn't have an A show, I thought it was actually very well put together. I thought it was concise to the point. I thought that the things that they wanted to show that they were going to be strong in, that they put the time and effort into them. But I also think that they gave us enough to say, hey, this is what's coming. These are the expectations that, that we're starting to, to to roll out, we understand that it's been a long time. We understand that you're tired of hearing just wait. So let's show you what some of the fruits of that labor has been. And I think that they finally delivered on that, and in delivering on that, I think they garnered a little more goodwill. I know they garnered more goodwill from me personally. So I'm comfortable giving them the B plus in this. Uh, I'm comfortable giving them the top spot.
2: Well, it does represent a good future for Xbox, which I know you and I were very concerned with uh, when we talked about recently on our X, actually it's one of our highest rated episodes (laughs) of the year, is Xbox in trouble? And, you know, we said that time they were, things are looking a little bit better now that we've had a chance to exhale. I will say though, that I'm not in love with the fact that the Xbox Series S, you know, I'm glad it's coming in black. Yeah, it is coming with a one terabyte SSD, which is great. But the fact that you hike the price up to 350, which right. you and I both know that will be two ninety nine come the holidays.
0: Yes, it uh, will.
2: <laughs> I think that they need to focus on value. They need yes. to focus on yes. value and yes. and to put this out there. I don't. You know, they said that the universe was cl- clamoring for it.
1: Were no, they?
0: Nobody was clamoring really? for it. Nobody. No, was. I mean,
2: yeah. Nobody you want more,
1: more? I have an S. Nobody was. I have an yeah. S,
2: but and and I want more hard drive space. That's why I bought a four terabyte hard drive for it. So I've got the hard drive space, and I've got that for around the same price that you will get. Uh, actually, I got it for less than what the yeah. the one terabyte is offered for the that's coming up for three four. I just thought that was a miss by Xbox. I think they should have just said, you know what, we're going to give you the hard drive at the same price that the S is already.
0: You know what what I would have done was just was was slash the cost of the memory card again because this is what they're getting with the S is they're giving you the Xbox One X memory. But they're giving you it for the Xbox One S. So if, when you play the games on the One S, they're already a smaller file than the Xbox Series X games would be. So if we're playing the same game, if we're looking at Jedi Survivor, on the Xbox Series X, it may be 126 gigs. I'm just throwing a number out there. For the Series S, it's gonna be 86 gigs, because they're not it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be using as much resources as the Series X. So your hard drive is still gonna go further with this new console, but at the same token. That was the whole point of having the expansion cards. So if you just instead of putting all that money and effort into making a system that has a bigger hard drive, just cut the price on the expansion on the expansion cards and make those much more um appetizing, if you will, for the general consumer. So now instead of people saying, Well, now I have to get rid of my Series S OG and get the new Series S, which is more expensive than the previous Series S because it has more memory, how about you just let me get a memory card that I can Interchange with my Series S, my Series X, my Series S new, whatever the case may be, and make that much more universal for for everybody that already owns the Series, whatever, S or X. Because I can tell you definitively that I felt like when Microsoft said it was going to be easy to expand the memory and it was going to be very cost efficient to do so, that was a bold lie. Because I could have, I've easily been able to expand the memory on my PlayStation now twice and it's still cheaper than what they would be wanting to charge for a, a new console. Um, they have the two terabyte internal hard drives now for around a hundred dollars. If you go to Amazon, which when it first came out was two, $300. So yeah. the price has significantly changed on those internal memory, but Microsoft's answer to it is giving us another console that has more memory as opposed to continuing to cut the cost on their proprietary memory card, because They spent too much money in it. So I think that was an absolute miss. That was an absolute miss as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't think it's a bigger miss than the PSVR, but (laughs) it was an absolute miss as far as Microsoft's concerned.
2: But my friend, it's been great talking to you. I cannot thank you enough for all the time that you spent on today's show. Any last thoughts before we head on out?
0: We need to do a show about the Oculus. You are not going to negate Oculus anymore. We need to do a show about the Oculus.
2: (laughs) You know how much I love VR, my friend. Oh, I know, man.
0: I know. That's why I'm so excited for you to do a show on the Oculus, man.
2: For you, I will do it. Oh, my gosh. You sound like Melinda. Come on. Come on. Come on,
0: Gerald. All right. Where's Melinda? She was supposed to be on this show, too.
2: She's allergic to Xbox. Until I drop an Xbox on her door, I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much going to be. Uh,
0: just take some bandage. Take some it'll be okay. Yeah, be absolutely. Right. <laughs> but we'll see what happens.
2: But my friend, it's been great having you here. TJ Johnson, looking forward to our conversation on Oculus just for you, my friend, and everything in pop culture, always right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.